Zelda in Fote Podcast. Bum, 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 bum. Hey everybody, welcome to the Zelda Informer Podcast. My name is Adam, thank you so much for joining us. If you have any of your own topics, theme songs, submissions, or anything like that, feel free to send those to us at ZeldaInformerPodcast at gmail.com. Once again, that's ZeldaInformerPodcast at gmail.com. Here is the news from this past week. This week, Pokemon Butts became their own product line, Triforce Heroes saw its first UK commercial, two men infuriated gamers online worldwide, and Sony gave up completely. <laughs> Once again, my name is Adam. That opening theme song was brought to you by Brandon and Company, who has provided our theme song for all of time and f- till the end of time. Uh, the closing theme for this week is probably going to be Hero of Time Remix by Jish. Uh, you can find him and any other of the links that we or articles that we may have mentioned or will mention in the podcast in the link down below on ZeldaInformer.com. Thank you so much for joining us. And this week I'm joined by... Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, it's me, Chris. Um, I'm actually the least important member of the podcast this week because uh, we have some pretty other great people with us. Uh, yeah, yeah. Good morning. This is the Nintendo <laughs> Kid coming at you. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot about that. <laughs> oh my uh, god. This is Colin. And uh, earlier this week, uh, Adam and I found a channel on YouTube. <laughs> of some kid he's just like a let's play channel and it's amazing because he has what the average of maybe four five views on every single one of his videos he is majestic but he has like 300 videos on his channel including like behind the scenes specials and the history behind the nintendo kid and special episodes featuring the nintendo dad oh yeah like he has special (laughs) guests this kid is more dedicated than I think anyone will ever be in their life. And I think... I aspire to to be the Nintendo kid. And he only has 27 subscribers. Yeah, he's been doing it for years. Are you saying he's underrated? Yes. I actually subscribed just to show support, and Adam will probably put a link to his channel in the description. (laughs) He hasn't posted a video in two years, but I want to change that. One day he'll come back and he'll realize that the Nintendo kid was what the internet needed. We'll make him come back. We'll do it together. Yeah. It's a group. We'll battle. do a comeback. He'll be a he'll be a special guest at uh, ZeldaCon, our, yes. our yearly yes. convention. Let's have him on the show. Let's have him on the show. Let's ask him if, how if the he, Nintendo if he's dad listening. He's he's officially invited. Let's ask if uh, the Nintendo dad ever came back from yeah. going out to buy cigarettes. <laughs> oh my god! Oh. Uh, but last but not least, our wonderful guest for this week is. Hi, I'm Matt Danovic, and I really wish I was the Nintendo kid. It sounds like he's got his yeah. together. Oh, he really <laughs> way more, does. Way he's... more dedicated than I am. <laughs> I understand how you feel. Go look I, up his uh, uh, masterful playthrough of The Rescue of Pops Ghostly. Oh, yeah, yeah man. So good. So good. Um, but yeah, I dig around, make uh, videos at Machinima for Inside Gaming. Uh, before that, I was at Polaris for a little while. And before that, I was also at Inside Gaming. And wow. then before that, I was at game trailers, but you never saw me because I was just editing and doing other stuff. The mysterious background man, Dan. <laughs> yeah. Well, it wasn't even. We weren't even like. But when I was at game trailers, we weren't even actually shooting anything. Like the most we'd do is like voiceover for review type stuff. Um, so yeah. So we it can, wasn't. It, it features it, like a high pitched young Matt Danovic. <laughs> I only edited stuff and did a little bit of writing. I actually didn't do reviews at that. You did point. important stuff in, behind the scenes. You made the I magic did, come true. together. I also I also got in trouble for picking like the worst freeze frames of the reporters and whatnot <laughs> uh, for thumbnails. There, like I always do, like the most <laughs> uncomfortable. And they'd be like, 
Matt, we pro- we probably don't want you to do one where she looks like she's say like you know just going like <laughs> mid sneeze. Like that. But yeah. that skill became very useful when you transitioned to inside gaming. Yeah, exactly. I think exactly. I think that's, I think it's great. I think it's tuning in- into embarrassment. It's important. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Uh, oh, thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah. So, what have you been playing this past week, Matt? Oh, geez. Um, well, actually, today uh, I took a crack at Tony Hawk Pro, Fa- Pro Skater 5, uh, which I was expecting to be completely unplayable and broken. I'm still waiting on my um, gameplay for that. It's, it's probably... A, a Wait, Pro Skater 1 or 2 or 3? 5. Oh, 5. five. five. Oh, wow. the, re- the recent one. Yeah. No. <laughs> the, the Revenge yeah, of Khan. <laughs> yeah, the, the flop. Well, it's good because Lil Wayne comes with it. So if you have Wait, any pent up aggression, I, uh, what, what? to Lil Wayne, if you have Lil Wayne is a skater in it. That's weird. And if you have, you can play up as uh, King yeah. Graham from King's Quest in the new Tony yeah. Hawk, really? which I think is pretty great. Yeah, that's awesome. Wait, old King Graham or like young King Graham? The the new one from. Uh, I don't like the, the new one. New, I don't like the new King young. Graham. Yeah, I like I like yeah, the it's odd. classic King Graham. When is Activision going to bring back Doom Guy and Shrek and Spider Man? Yeah, Spider Man is great. Darth Maul I, and... I remember playing as uh, Iron Man. That was cool. Yeah, I have Pro Skater yeah. two and three like in like in a game case like right next to me, uh, and the Dreamcast. I have the Dreamcast version Ooh, of both games. You should tape them all together and make Pro Skater like nine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that works. Like speaking that. of the Dreamcast, it got a new release recently. <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> Volgar the Viking, which is a pretty great side scroller on uh, mm-hmm. Steam and Xbox One. Recently, the devs actually developed a Dreamcast port that you can go and download and burn for free and play it's it on amazing. your Dreamcast with no extra. Because I remember, work. I remember I had a month of like Xbox games with gold, and I was really pissed off because Volgar was only an Xbox One exclusive. Like I had the 360. Uh, so it's like, oh, you can only play an Xbox One. I'm like, this game should be able to run on the 360. Why is that Xbox? You've you've disappointed me. I'm mad at you. Microsoft should burn to the ground because I get way too passionate about video games. But now I can get it for free because the devs are awesome people. Uh, so thank yeah, you to no, them. it's I'm looking it's forward pretty to it. great. Mm-hmm. The homebrew community for the Dreamcast is fantastic. I've never um, gotten into the homebrew. They community they make a lot of really good stuff. Really. Yeah, I, well, one I, of the selling one of the selling points and downfalls of the Dreamcast was it was so susceptible to to piracy. So mm-hmm. what was uh, you know yeah. for a business is great for homebrew and actually you know making stuff. And it doesn't help the thing weird. runs on Windows. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I mean I love the Dreamcast to death. I personally recommend it as one of the retro systems that you need to have as a gamer. It it's, it will change your life in the best ways. It's kind do you, of do you need it? Yes. Yes, you do. <laughs> it's kind of the... I I usually see it as being the last retro console. Because it's yeah. kind of the last of that whole... It's the last of, of an era. Yeah. We've, we've talked about this before. You and I, at least, I know. Yeah. I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast. Uh, but there's something so magical. It is, it is a perfect swan song for Sega. Like, if you're going to end on a note, end on something beautiful like the Dreamcast. Because it was such a failure... But it's something that I just hold so dear, and I just appreciate a lot of design elements about the Dreamcast. I feel like influenced games, and in, like later on, they sometimes sell like refurbished ones on Sega's website. It's really, really? weird. Just That's occasionally, good. time to time, they'll just pop up. It's like, hey, we have like thirty in stock. You want one? <laughs> Too bad Why the uh, disc drives are absolute garbage. Yeah, yeah. But you get Wait. little VMUs. 
that cool. That's oh, cool. yeah. <laughs> I want to say the only thing that Sega really did right with the Dreamcast was releasing Jet Set Radio. They released a uh, lot of good games on the Dreamcast first. The Dreamcast Virtual Tennis Two is one of the best four-player games you'll ever experience. Are you being serious life. about that, or are you I'm dead Listen, serious? Okay, Flintstones Viva Rock Vegas is one of the best games ever made. <laughs> Sonic Adventure and Sonic Adventure Two are both on the Dreamcast, and they're way better than yeah. in a lot. I of thought ways. Sonic Adventure One was like one of the worst ones. Uh, on the Dreamcast, it was great. On the on the GameCube, it's horrendous. It's a buggy oh, okay. mess. It's it's really really bad. Um, Dreamcast is typing of the dead. Enough said. Oh yeah, that's that's fantastic. Yeah, the keyboard to the Dreamcast is amazing. I love that thing. Uh, so you could one. do your Fantasy Star online. Yeah, Quake Three. Uh, <laughs> yeah, games that matter. Can this just be like Sega Informer podcast, and we just talk about Let's the Dreamcast all episode, oh, yeah. <laughs> the whole time? Get get C Man. I want to oh. get a C a, a Man unit for the uh, for the office and just watch them grow, come hang out. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, but Chris, what have you been playing recently? Um, I went back to, uh, Metal Gear, so I'm back on that. Oh, which one? You know, uh, what do you mean, which one? Metal Gear Solid Five, The Phantom Pain, my brother. There's so many Metal Gears, it's, it's a right for me to ask which one you said, I went back to Metal Gear, and I'm like, the original Metal Gear? No, I mean, the I, MSX I, version? I, I went, and I took, like, a week off, because I've been working a lot, um, but oh, okay. no, I, yeah, I got back to it. I'm still at, like... God knows, like maybe five, eight percent and stuff like that, because that yeah, game was just very was long, dense, very so, dense. Yeah, so I'm gonna be powering through that hopefully through this next two weeks, and then maybe I can move on to something else. Just maybe, but I doubt it. Very As for cool. me, I've been playing um, a couple of things. System Shock One was recently re-released on GoodOldGames.com. With a mm-hmm. new control scheme and all that. I didn't that. mention this last week. I just want to throw this out there. I think Link to the Past was also released uh, on Green Man Gaming. So yeah. You buy it digitally. It's really weird to see that on that star. But anyway, it's back not to just some... Link to the Past. It's a bunch of virtual console games. Yeah, yeah. I'm just. I just mentioned that because it's it, it pertains to something that I was really interested in. Yeah, because it's just a code. Uh, yeah. They're just I mean, selling you a code. Otherwise, yeah. um, I've actually been playing. This can pertain to one of our topics. Sure. But I've been playing a few games on my PlayStation TV because recently there's oh, yeah. been a exploit that has yeah. been released, and it still works on the new system update that was released earlier this morning. Oh, okay. Of um, being allowing you to play any PlayStation Vita, PSP, and PS1 game on the uh, PlayStation TV set top box. And all so you need is cool. like an email, right? Yeah, you just need to email yourself uh, a couple files, and that's it. Wow. It's, it's kind of funny. Um, yeah, the it, it's weird. Uh, Sony has been making some headlines of its own this week. Uh, yeah, I pertaining it, to the Vita as well. Pertain, yeah, it's it's the end of an era. It's 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 the, it's, <laughs> it's the beginning of a new age of Nintendo dominance again. Like it's is it's Nintendo Sony, dominating though? Uh, Sony domination. announced that they're not going to be making a sequel to the Vita in any capacity. No, there's not going to be a successor to it. Meaning that, as it stands right now, the only company set to actually have a dedicated uh, handheld platform is Nintendo. Yeah, yep. yeah, you're absolutely right. It's um, which is I think that's I think that's like being the only company that's de- has dedicated fax machines. If I'm gonna be <laughs> real for a second, or like Maybe, just because there's mean, a reason. That other electronics, like you know, companies aren't getting into it is because it's a, it's you know, yeah, the 3ds is done real well and is still doing real well, but it's I think it's a dying segment of the marketplace. 
really maybe. to have a huge big uh, like its own like having it being dedicated to gaming is in for like the an expanded audience is a detractor not an attracting yeah yeah, yeah. well that's you know? why things like the youtube app and, th- and other features like that you want to push Help. that on your mobile platform yeah um it's People say, like, you know, a lot of other companies are focusing more on mobile markets, like, you know, a lot of phone-based stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. And I still say, like, there's still a reason for the 3DS and thing, and mobile, like, platforms like that because the processing power is dedicated to games. It's dedicated to being able to run good, like, solid games and ha- it has, like, a dedicated control system for that, uh, for interacting with those games. I so. mean, not to say that the, the PS Vita didn't do that. The PS Vita, like, tech technically like is the better system you know you can do so much more in the vita it's just no one wants to develop for it the i i mean i've spent the last few episodes just like poking fun at sony and all that but like the it's truth hard not is, to yeah i know it's, it's hard not to but the truth is i was actually excited for the vita i think maybe more than the 3ds was when sony announced no same vita. i was super excited for I, the, vita. the vita sounded amazing the PSP, the, PS- yeah. the PSP is one of those systems that wasn't really great, like in practice, but kind of got a whole second life once you learned about all its like the really PSP cool features. For me, was a very important handheld console. I played a lot yeah. of games on it. I remember having a lot of significant gaming memories from the PSP. All that all that Sony had to do was learn from the PSP's mistakes mm-hmm. and uh, learn from a few other things they had right. been working on, like the Xperia well- Play. And the Vita would have been really great, but instead they announced, they just... When they announced the Vita, it seemed like that that was the case. You know, yeah, no, like everyone like... thought it was going to be a Android-based handheld. Yeah. yeah, and they added, like, oh, we added a bunch of new ways for the, the user to interact with the, with the handheld device. You know, gives developers all this freedom, you know, built in, like, other touchscreens. I'm like, oh, that's cool. You know, it, it really just expands the horizon. It's not going to be used by every game, but it expands the possibilities of what a developer can add to their game to, like, give you more of a control just and it ended up rations. just repeating all of the same problems the psp mm-hmm. had and then added the, its own uh, yeah exactly with its overpriced memory cards um proprietary cables uh yeah. the system itself being too much i mean nintendo an... nintendo kind of learned from like that mistake a while way before the vita was even announced i'm surprised that they still kept going with that even after seeing their own system not doing well with that that concept and other companies having a hard time with well, that same concept that, because it wasn't really it wasn't really worth it. Well the difference being that when the 3DS was not doing well in its first year, Nintendo mm-hmm. decided to like buckle down and make sure there was games being released for it. Not only that, they made incentive for people to have initially signed up for the the 3DS. They showed like, look, we give a we we care if you invest in our products. Oh, like the ambassador program. The ambassador like program that. is amazing. Yeah. RIP. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, there was a, the weird new ambassador program for the new 3DS. I, I'm not it's, sure. It's I'm like sign right. up to be able to buy the 3DS early. I mean, yeah, um, I don't see how that's going to work. I honestly like, mm-hmm. I still don't like how the 3DS or the, the Nintendo does their handheld thing where they, right. you know, we have the, the 3DS, the new 3DS, 3DS XL, all this BS you know, they just can't go with, like, one console all I around. Mean, just... I think the difference, though, is that there's, I mean, there's no real discernible difference except, like, size when it comes to the 3DS, the 3DS XL, and the But then 2DS. you have, like, the 2DS and things like that. Like, I understand the only, the get... only real jump 
has been the 2DS. The near field? To to the new 3DS. And it's just a mm-hmm. 3DS with a circle pad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, punch. yeah. Um, so, Matt, I, I, I remember you had your own little... You, you had some disdain for when we were saying that we were excited for the Vita. Uh, did, what, what were your thoughts on the Vita when you first saw it? You know, well, playing it, maybe? I, like... To me, I like I had visions of you know when they did the Vita, they were like, oh, there's the second you know analog stick on it, and I was like, well, sh- yeah. if this means you can play a one-to-one version of Call of Duty anywhere, because this was before Call of Duty fatigue was you know at its at its peak or whatever, I'm like, if you can play Call of Duty anywhere in the exact same experience you mm-hmm. get on you know at home, I'm like, this is a system seller. This is yeah, like, it's, a, it's be phenomenal and crazy. Yeah. Um, but instead what you got was a very watered down version of it and data plans were expensive and yeah. weren't really meant for, it couldn't handle the packet loss of, you know, what would be the demands of a, a you know, a serious competitive FPS. So I don't know, like just generally for me, it required I, you know, too much they, user investment before they would be able to fund something yeah. that would be able to make it better. So it's like exactly now it's just an indie game console. Yeah, not even yeah, Black basically. Ops the Classified is a game that was so bad that the developers had to include a free download code for a PSP game. Yeah, just to exactly. make up for like, it. And it was and the thing was was like that was you know the me like coming up like thinking that wasn't like me being brilliant and prognosticating about the PS Vita or anything. It was because. Their fucking yeah. advertising leading up to it was plastered in it. It was just like, oh, oh you're yeah. going to get the same hardcore experience. Yeah, it's, it's a portable so a lot PS3 of it, and all that. Exactly. So a lot of it was like, I feel like, regardless of, you know, maybe like the sort of decisions that they make, it was people felt a real sense of bait and switch uh, between, you know, yeah. what they were promised and what they got. And if there's one thing you don't do to gamers is promise big and then not deliver yeah. on it, and you know it's you'll you well, will feel the wrath. I think that uh, I, I, I feel like Sony. I not that's not like I want to you know yeah. on Sony or anything, but like Sony has done that in the past. Not say that Microsoft and Nintendo hasn't, but like Sony has just like a track record of doing that. Right. It's so right. weird with the Vita because there's so many like really strange choices that still don't make any sense like why every psp game and ps1 game isn't playable on the vita like why you can't play metal gear solid one or crash bandicoot well i mean sir it's a lot of that is kind of like sort of with the backwards compatibility thing it isn't necessarily a representation of the capabilities of the tech but more like publishing and legally things and what platform stuff can be actually pushed out to and things like that and Getting as with a lot of stuff where you're like, why is it so simple? Why can't we do that? The answer is lawyers. Yeah, <laughs> and not, not to mention when they decide to make UMDs the the discs for PSP, <laughs> they kind of yeah. screwed up and made everything just because I of like piracy, the UMDs. I, I defend them. They're not perfect, but I like them. In well, comparison to like the the cards they have now, which are pretty much equal to you know the 3ds yeah, or yeah. like ds cartridges mm-hmm. like those work out to be a lot better for right just of course everything. yeah it's, it's definitely it's, an improvement i just didn't i didn't hate them at the time it's, I could it's say not that only at the just least. that it's like there's games that you can play on the psp and you can download them and you can also download ps1 games onto the psp you ever have like the there's PS3. just a lot of psp titles that aren't uh allowed like they weren't uh, sold digitally they were only physical games yeah i know but well, there's also PSP I mean, there's... games that are sold digitally that you can't play on the vita either but yeah. you can download and play like Valkyria Chronicles too. You can you can download and play on a PSP. You can download and just 
hold the file on your PS3. Well, that, yeah. well, that assumes the thing is the the reason you can get around that is because then it assumes you at least own one actual copy of it rather than uh, you know being digitally mm-hmm. available and, and sold again. So it's like that's at that point, like from a legal standpoint, that point of purchase has already happened. And right. So they're like, yeah, you can yeah. put it on there. We don't care. Yeah. There's uh, even some PSP games that are compatible with the Vita, but not with the PlayStation TV, which is weird. <laughs> like I can't oh, play TV. I can't play Dracula the, X on my PSP. But doesn't like the PlayStation TV doesn't just blow up your PSP games? So, like you just get a pixelated thing anyway. Yeah, eh, sorta. I mean, it's not like PSP. I mean, it's not like PSP games had a great high resolution anyway. You're, no, you're absolutely right. But like, right. still, it's just I. I saw value in the PlayStation TV for like maybe streaming from like your PS4 to another room, mm-hmm. except except for the latency issue. I felt like that is something that really needed to be fixed. But how good are you going to get it anyway? Right, like you use it's, your depending on your internet connection. Really, it's twenty bucks. I mean, it's honestly, not, it's like a pretty good deal. Yeah. The P- PlayStation TV is only twenty dollars. You can get one usually for twenty bucks because no one's buying them. Uh oh well I I, I yeah I was going to say I'm they're, in, they're anywhere like between Buy, twenty and forty dollars. They it's not that bad. Yeah, and quite cheap. Exactly. Um, but I wanted to. Uh, one thing that I did like about the PSP is the uh, there's when you put in a UMD into the PSP and it starts to run, there's this like really satisfying hum, like the whirring of the machine. I don't know what it is. So like just it's it's, it's called, like it's overworking itself, Adam. No, and it's just it's, it, it felt like magic was happening. It felt like you know that was like exciting. It's a, it was a tiny version of the sound you hear when a console is reading a disc. Yeah, no, it was... And it was, it was adorable. It was so pleasant. It was very nice, then, yeah. I liked it. So and then you're like, wow, the UMDs were terrible anyway. Yeah, but you know, when I think about it, I, I did enjoy the, the sound when you hit it, you were, you were playing a game on your PSP, and it made, like, just, made, like, a little jingle, mm-hmm. like, oh, when yeah. you selected the game. I, did, I enjoy all the PlayStation jingles. Like, when you start with the PS3, little orchestra, the PSP version, the PS4 doesn't really, yeah, I mean, it has one, but it hasn't grown on really, yet, but I'm sure it will. I really hope that uh, the PSP becomes, like, sort of a legacy, like a, a like a, like a, it, like a, a legacy of our age of gaming, you know what I mean? It kind I, of is, it's gotten, like, sort of a cult following, because it, it's, first off, you can hack it and run any emulator Oh, yeah, it, pretty of, much. Like, any old console. Mm-hmm. And B, it's... It didn't necessarily have a great library, but there's still pretty good stuff on there's there. There's solid stuff on there. There's, there's, there's stuff that you've, that you've never really played, but mm-hmm. like you can enjoy, yeah. like Persona 2 or uh, right. Valkyria Chronicles. Right, right. And just stuff like that. Um, kind of want to get into one of our topics this week. Not the fan topics yet. Sorry. Um, but if you have any of your own fan topics, please send us no, those Zelda Informer Podcast. from the fan topics? At gmail.com. <laughs> Sorry, Colin. Once again, that's Zelda Informer Podcast at gmail.com. Send us your fan topics, theme song submissions, uh, any artwork you want to show us, uh, anything like that. Or just, just stop by and say hi. Feel free. I want we someone love- to we ask got, us what our favorite Adam, gum is again. Mm-hmm. Adam, we got an awesome message this last week from a fan. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I, I love hearing... Uh, from everyone that always sends us like such kind words it's really nice um so thank you we get them in all the time and it's always so so humbling to know that you guys really care so thank you for that uh anyway let's get into a topic that i really wanted to get into this week um there's well there's a few uh i want to talk about how the new pro skater there wasn't any review copy sent out mm-hmm. um uh yeah so there's not they didn't send out review copies initially 
why do you think that is like what do you think that's like a bad thing or a good thing i i saw this and i just thought how strange it was because you know a lot of companies they rely on these early reviews to you know get people interested in buying the game i know a lot of times it doesn't work out in their favor but people seem to rely on these reviews to know if it's worth the purchase uh i think i guess the argument for it would just be there's too much bias in review but i want to know what you guys think maybe activision didn't want people know they were going to sell a broken game is it broken uh let, let's ask our uh our expert on this game right now which <laughs> is uh Ma- matthew danvik <laughs> god um i mean I, it doesn't seem like it's it's fully broken but it's it's not good i mean there was that uh day one patch of seven seven gigabytes oh my to a wow to the game itself apparently was five gigabytes long or big so I mean, that's, that's small they had to yeah yeah well I've, i mean you can tell the graphics look like 2005 so it wasn't even read, finished i've heard from people that if you if you play the game unpatched it only plays the tutorial and the create a park the patch is actually the rest of the game wow Jeez. yeah that's so, nuts well and it's like i don't know there it's they they dicked around a little bit with the formula of it uh it, it just doesn't feel very smooth uh for some reason i mean if you're familiar with it like when it when you go to like grind mm-hmm. hit y it it like they they stomp down now instead of like you know letting you float down and if you're holding down y then you're grinding so it's this really just sort of like jerky not flowy gameplay that's just sort of like the um, and then you definitely will hit like mystery corners that'll just make you go flying for no reason. Which is, That's not which good. Is it yeah. seems yeah. like it's it had the same problem that Tony Hawk HD had, which is just being slow. Yeah, well, I mean, also, I, I like granted, I was playing on the Xbox One, uh, so I didn't really know, like, other than visually telling if I was getting major frame drop or if it was just kind of like you know taking a dump on its own or how stuff was going uh you know like it, it was just it was just it felt very disjointed and it wasn't running smoothly mm-hmm. which was a big surprise uh considering that it's you know a game from today and the graphics are very very old and simple right but i i, I still want to ask you know review copies a lot of gamers rely on them do you guys think that review copies are a trend that should die or do you think it should be going do you think it's like worth it you know some people they they do kind of rely on like movie reviews before they go and see a film, but a lot of people don't care. They'll go and see it anyway, and they'll just kind of let themselves figure out if they like it or not. Adam, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something, okay? Mm-hmm. The answer is I have no clue because <laughs> it seems like that it's a tricky subject. No so. it, review copies or not, it really just comes down to how the game is because I remember last year in April, um, review copies went out early for watchdogs and that game ended up being really really mediocre mm-hmm. but at the same time um the guys behind wolfenstein the new order were withholding reviews and not letting anyone see or play the game until it came out and everyone thought the game was gonna be bad but it ended up being supremely good and this all happened in a span of one week so really it's just that you can't win with these things and it's like a, it's bittersweet yeah it's just it, it could be whatever if it's it's funny like i that people put so much weight 
it, some people put so much weight on reviews and, and things like that. I think you can really, it's not hard to get a sense of if a game is bad or not from when a game's coming out, if they start putting some media out for it. Like, I don't, I, you know, people aren't surprised that Tony Hawk Pro Skater 5 is like broken and bad. They're just surprised how broken and bad it is. Like when, if you look at any of the trailers or any other stuff, you know, I don't recommend looking at comments, but if you look at like ups and thumbs up and thumbs down, you kind of get a general sense of, yeah, this game's not going to be good. It isn't really a surprise. Um, and so like, while you know, previews and things like I'm not trying to talk myself out of a job here or anything, <laughs> but <laughs> I think, but I think previews, yeah. I think it's, I think it's, it's important for some people because they're making a big time investment. They're making a $60, sometimes $80 investment. Yeah. And it's hard to do that just blindly. So I've mentioned this before that I think that gaming journalism is good because you, there's bias in it, like any other form of media. But once you understand the guys that tend to understand you, that's the ideas you understand who's reviewing the game. So they understand if they are truly representing your opinion um, let's say you really like Greg Miller and his stance on video games, um, and you rely on him and his team for gaming reviews. Um, you're never going to be disappointed if they like a game because you know that he has similar interests to you, and for the most part, his opinion is probably going to be your opinion, or in the same so way. Then, yeah. So then it's less than of like, oh, should games be reviewed or not? Like they should. It's just you need to find the reviewer that's right for you. Yeah, no, no, that's definitely it. In the same, like, n- there's not going to be a Roger Ebert, you know, who's like the end all decision on on video games, like there are movies. Um, <laughs> but uh, you need to uh, you need to find someone who has your voice, um, someone who best represents you in video gaming, so that they can sit through and grind through games that would probably drive you mad. Um, and you don't have to waste your money or your time on things that, you know, really won't satisfy you. And, you know, you, I, just, I, and it's... with, with that being said, mm-hmm. I just want to say, Matt, you're not my guy. <laughs> that's oh, fine. No. That's, that's totally fine with it. I no. honestly, honestly, like reviewing is, uh, is one of the suckiest jobs to have in all of games it's, it's media. difficult. It's, it's so tough. Because also, like, kind of tying back into, like, what you're saying about, like, finding a guy that's, like, with you, like, that that shares an opinion with you and kind of is like that. People often uh, take it as a rebuke of, like, if someone doesn't like a thing that I like, that it's a personal insult or that it's, like, you know, insulting to, like, how it is. And that's why, like, you know, mm-hmm. negative reviews or positive reviews, it's just, it's such a yeah. kettle of fish that, that people have so much emotion invested in this thing. <laughs> no, no, thing no, but it, it's important to, to, oh. to also listen to people that you don't like because yeah. then yeah, I, I applaud anyone who bias. listens to this podcast that likes Wind Waker and knows how much I don't like Wind Waker. <laughs> I remember um, a In few Ocarina. years ago when game trailers reviewed Uncharted 2 and they gave it like a 9.2 out of 10 and everyone went like insane and they were like, that's too low of a score. And you're like, what? Really? <laughs> 9.2 is bad? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not perfect, so that they that means that it's automatically an F. Um, yeah, I think Uncharted Two deserved a nine point two. I think it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, nine point two is an perfect. excellent score. Yeah, but uh, to me, to me, and also like you could put nine point two on numbers. Are, yeah. yeah. Well, well, and like numbers are such an arbitrary thing. Like everybody has a different scale. Yeah. To me, like a ten is like a platonic ideal of like the perfect video game that. 
can't ever actually exist because the you know the the universe and the laws of physics won't allow it. So you don't well, think no, Fallout is going to be a ten out of ten? A perfect Nothing video game does exist. It's called Doom. <laughs> and and Super Mario Brothers. No, like those games are are like are great for their time, but they don't, you know. Like it's never like whenever anybody goes back to like Goldeneye, they're like, "Holy yeah. shit! How did I, how did I enjoy this so much?" Well, that's because the, you have the, uh, the Octopus long. controller to get back to. Well, yeah. 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 Oh no, I can play. Well, Doom but I mean, also, and it just feels mm-hmm. good. Um, there was that guy that that hacks Doom onto a fax machine. There's a guy <laughs> who hacked a, Doom yeah, yeah. into Doom. So. Yeah. <laughs> how meta can we go? Very meta. Yeah. Um. But there's uh. I want to talk about uh, a little bit more, kind of taking a step back, uh, what you were talking about, how gamers, you know, take it as a personal insult if you don't like the game they like. Uh, recently, there's been like a, a lot of flack and a lot of, you know, rage online recently God about damn it. Uh, some very interesting articles. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. WTF is wrong with video games, written by a guy who clearly has the judgmental skills of someone who'd write WTF. Um, Phil, if you're listening to this, please come to my birthday party. Yeah, come to his birthday um, party. Okay, come to my birthday party. We'll play Space Invaders for the PS One, and we can judge high school uh, high scores, and we can eat Oreo Friendly's cake. And, it's and be great. the reason that I insult him in that way is not because I have a personal dislike taste for what he said, but rather I just disliked his arguments or the fact that he didn't use proper arguments for what he was trying to, uh, trying to support. I'm just gonna ignore it. Uh, yeah. The dude, no, no, but I'm saying it's like the dude it's... has no idea what he's talking about. Right. And but he, works... he only wrote it to piss off people. Right. He, to, he, he knew he was gonna get the reaction that he did. Uh, there's also he a, gave uh, out a the same an, spiel e- that every other idiot on the internet gives. Yeah, out. but there's also a former ESPN host that also criticized games recently, and that also caused a bit of outrage. Oh, I didn't see that. Um, yeah, but I'm just saying, <laughs> is, this, is this the same guy who said something after uh, Heroes of the Dorm? Yeah. 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 Jeez. Um but it's it's funny because like general media still kind of hates games and gamers despite you know it's becoming more popular. You know, you have things like every couple of years a big thing is happening, you know, you had Gamergate like uh starting a few years ago. Uh you still have people, you know, looking badly on gamers, you know, esports is only now catching on as being a very big thing. Uh and Maybe a lot it's of people we're say such that a counterculture that like well, the man doesn't want to like like right. praise us yet maybe but i feel like if you really think about it gaming it being a gamer itself hasn't really changed much since uh 30 years ago i mean the the way that you are a gamer has changed but not necessarily the sort of aspect i think of being a i gamer. think the social aspect of it has changed a lot it's a lot less awkward right no but there's still a there's still like a, a social bias for being a gamer i i still i still feel like that's very present i still feel like it's still the same sort of culture. It hasn't really changed much. It's just become more widespread because we're in a digital age, but at the same time, it's really seen a lot more backlash because of that. Um, I mean, if you look back to the um, the the very early beginnings of gaming, you mm-hmm. know, like the late 70s, early 80s, video gaming was like almost as mainstream, if not more so than it was nowadays, which I know is right. really weird for people to grasp, mm-hmm. but like the arcade was an actual like place that people from all ages would go to oh yeah no no it's... the atari 2600 is one of the just best-selling video game systems of all time is the yeah. reason why you can go to a store and buy mm-hmm. atari games for a dollar because there's just so many of them yeah i mean even like in ET. the even in the 90s yeah. like after the the crash and everything 
it was still huge. Video games are still huge oh, yeah. to an extent. I mean, the reason the Power Glove sold $88 million worth of products says a lot. It's Fred Savage. Fred, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's a wizard. That's where I got oh, the, yeah, the, so the guys had it. Yeah, no, no. That so was a, an amazingly good uh, product placement. It was... It, yeah. it it just sold those things like crazy, and then believe it or not, uh, that was probably around the time that the gate the the uh, movie studio had to pay Nintendo in order to get their product in there. Right? No, just, uh, it's, it's, it's so weird. It's nuts. I mean, you had crazy politics going on. You had uh, Nintendo fighting over uh, Capcom pretty much with Sega. Sega wanting the Wily Wars to be a Sega only game, and uh, you just had these these insane, insane competitions going on in gaming. It was still it was a it was a busy industry like it is now. The there was a strong following for it like it is now. Even, there is I, I there is big go, uh, opponents. Go back to even say things like the the formation of the ESRB and like Peggy mm-hmm. and like those associations because those have to go through like the legal system and like those had to go to like politicians and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. we things were up in like the news and like. Uh, like I don't want to just say courthouse. The content of games was was under review back then as it is now, and yeah. it's still it survived then. It's going to survive now. It's, For me, and I still you... think that like maybe in thirty years from now, I don't think that the culture of gaming itself will change. I think that maybe it'll expand, but I think that it's gonna it's it's proven that yeah, it will stay at a constant rate. Maybe it'll be a little more like accepted. Maybe uh, possibly unlike the general media. Possibly. I mean, for me, I feel like you have to really look back at um every kind of era of right. gaming and on top of that the problem but then the problem with that is that you're only going to have one uh national view on it because retro gaming in the US is very different from Japan or Europe or Brazil oh yeah uh like fun fact the video game crash is only exclusive to America it didn't yeah. happen in Japan yeah. or Europe, the Power Glove was uh, only big in in America. It wasn't yeah, big no, in Japan. Yeah, the NES didn't even sell at all. Yeah, in um in Europe, yeah, no, no. one bought an NES. Yeah. Sega was king in Europe, and in Japan, yeah, no. Sega got... Sega didn't have a good system till the Saturn. A lot like, of physical was... games only made it to Europe. Uh, Sega Channel was where primarily a lot of games were uh distributed in the, in North America which was Hell, terrible. Japan doesn't even have uh PC gaming. It's all uh yeah. arcades there. The Sega didn't even sell in Japan. Like it just yeah, didn't no, sell. It's... It just died in Japan. Which is it's... nuts. You you kind of have to look at all the eras of like, you know, early like late 70s, early 80s, the kind of arcade 2600 mm-hmm. era. Then you have to look at the um NES to early 90s, like just Nintendo being king when it was pretty much mm-hmm. just being sold as a toy because that was Nintendo's right. whole like angle on it. It was how they saved um, video games. As a, as a, and as how, a, I, I don't know, man. Sega do what Nintendo don't. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Last processing. <laughs> there you go. Then you have to look did at something. just just the, the turn of um, going near the, the 21st century with all the new technology like CDs and DVDs and all that. And it's it you you can't just pin it on one thing. There's so many different eras, and mm-hmm. the the mindset has changed so much through each one. But there's still a consistency. There's like a consistent arc, right? Like it, it rises and falls. But there's the, if you look at the numbers, there's a there's a line you can draw. Well, yeah, you know, and I think it stayed pretty leveled despite yeah. all the changes. 
maybe there just needs to like I, mm. I don't know uh, I I just have the feeling because a lot of people now are growing up with games more mobile games than like anything I've right. seen. Right. Um. So I feel like just that alone is just like a gateway. It's almost like a gateway drug. Um. <laughs> uh, I could rephrase that if you want me to, Adam. No, that's fine. Uh, it's uh. No, you mean some of that Sega CD? I don't. I don't care. No, when, when, you know this. You know, I have a little brother. He's like ten years old, nine years old. He's all he ever does is play on his tablet, and then from there he moves on to systems and consoles with and all gets of his curious friends. for like other things. You know, he's like, what yeah, other games so are out there? Yeah, the the generations like they're gonna grow up and uh, from kids of every age, size and shape, and yeah. things like that. They're all games gonna... like Flappy Bird and Angry Birds and all that stuff. They're they're gonna exist in the mobile market, and I think that they will have a significant impact on some children's lives, like getting them into games. But honestly, and this making this is probably and... gonna date me very much and make me sound very old. Uh, but I don't. Oh, think, man. I don't think that mobile games will last. In terms of like, there's not going to be a retro market for th- these kind of mobile games in the same way that there is people. Well, I mean, if they're always around, I don't think they would become retro. Maybe. I mean, it's just I don't see. It's they won't be they won't be called mobile games. They're just small games. Like it's called mo. Like the thing is, is especially with the like I'm gonna I would venture to guess that this is probably going to be the last generation of of like a Microsoft box at your house or a Sony branded box at your house. Mm -hmm. Whereas like all gaming is going to be essentially streamed eventually. Um, And so like, that'll mean that processing power isn't going to be limited to what you can hold in your hand or what can be microprocessed in around there. And so like having call of duty or whatever, you know, like having like full big stuff, in around you like mobile game like the the designation between a game that you take with you on the go and a game that you have with you at your house is going to be a line that's like born out of like the limitations of antique hardware well there was always right. a uh, there was always a limitation on how much we could uh process and and transfer data like how fast we could transfer data there was always von neumann's bottleneck where you know it doesn't matter how how powerful your machine is data can only move at such speed in the way that we do, we transfer data. Uh, but recently, they found a way to actually transfer, save, and uh, st- and uh, you know, just exchange data using light. So we found mm-hmm. the super highway of data yeah. transfer. And I think that you're 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 right in that aspect. That you know, because of something like that, streaming is going to become possible. Because uh, for those of you who don't understand what that what that really means is that basically. The idea of a limited uh, data stream is a thing of the past. There is, I mean, well, with, I mean, with, this all depends on like our like people's ISPs and things like right, that. Right? No, no. But the thing about it. the thing about it's traveling at the speed of light. You're right. transferring data at literally the speed of light. It's the fastest we can ever possibly send anything, or the, that anything can be sent. It's, it's right. it is the Physi- it's physically moving from one point to another, traveling to those points in between. Mm-hmm. Once we figure, once you warp data, mm-hmm. then then you're doing something. <laughs> send it but into an alternate but there's the then there's the idea that literal quantum computing. It's, it's the idea that we've, we've created a way that's going to make it possible for essentially unlimited bandwidth or the human concept of unlimited, where we're never going to possible we're possibly never going to use anything that could come close to. Uh, filling up that amount and not in the same way that you know we thought you know oh we're only going to need two computers at one point uh, i forget who said that exactly um and and soon enough stephen but... hawking's going to quit his job and join the gaming industry and help help further this 
Well, no, no, I just this is this is not even just a gaming thing. This is an across the board thing. Oh, it's across the board. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. This is like your internet service will be unlimited. There will be no data cap or data limit because. There's no reason to. Uh, I, I'm not sure about well, that. Well, market forces will still. It's like, yeah, <laughs> AT and T and Verizon, they're going to try to yeah. peddle you for every money, every piece of money you have. I suppose, but there's no reason to. Actually, there's no reason for them to do it now. So, you know, if the governments yeah. get involved and say, "Hey, this needs to happen," then sure, it'll happen. I mean, we're, I we're kind, of, kind of in a time where we're still trying to figure that out or figure a way to keep. Oh man, uh, I, LA maybe is I'm pushing for LA to get that municipal internet. Oh, so bad. <laughs> this is so great. Oh, uh, it was, yeah. <laughs> it's better than it's better than internet here in Florida. I can tell you that much. Uh, we got the, we got the Silicon Beach. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's get into some of our hand topics. Uh, yeah. Donovan asks, "I'm DMing a D and D campaign, and I would like to move it into Hyrule. What would be the best Zelda game map to run the campaign on?" Thank you, Donovan, for your question. Thought that was pretty interesting. Zelda CDI. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man, you stole my answer. <laughs> no. To be fair, Zelda CDI actually has one of the most diverse maps of any Zelda game. Go on. <laughs> There's so many like weird um uh areas in that game with like different weather and environments and like there's a lava section, there's a snow section. It's like a Mario game. I mean, I there's ha- there's a variety ha- of sections in a lot of Zelda games. I don't think it's just uh, Zelda <laughs> CDI. I mean, I, I would... know, but I'm just. <laughs> I, I actually had an idea of like a good one, to, and I think Adam would be pleased about this. Although mm-hmm. I would object uh, after saying it. Um, it's the map of uh, Link to the Past. I uh, I was and... gonna say that actually. Yeah, because like going between like worlds in a way. Like, yeah, there's that, there's a make... light world and a dark world, which adds another level of like possibility and like complexity you can make you can make two different rounds you can make references back to things that already happened in the campaign by upping the difficulty and keeping a similar map structure uh being like you know this is kind of what you're used to but not quite uh i think that players would appreciate that uh there would be similarly recurring characters but you'd see another side of them almost uh and i think it has enough variety to satisfy players Uh, as my joke answer i want to put wind waker because water (laughs) Just boat uh, adventures. As my as my not joke answer, I'm gonna put Link to the Past. There's a uh, there's a good video by Spoonie. It's called "Don't Get on the Boat," and it's it's about how like DMs when they find the when they have like all these water monsters in their their NPC manuals, they um they get like you know I really want to put this Kraken creature, but I don't have anywhere to put them, and so they make you get on a boat just so they can do that water fight, and whoever's wearing heavy armor drowns immediately because. They're not made to swim, and nobody ever invests in swimming because it's not a skill that anyone ever uses in D and D. So yeah, not Wind Waker because all you're gonna do is make a team of swimmers. Uh, as the player character is like, well, ninety percent of the map is water, so we might as well. Someone call Octo Pippin Sparky the Android. Yeah, Brett, where's your D and D campaign, nerd? For fifty percent off. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. That's what we need. Yeah, go watch that by the way. It's a good series. Uh. Anyway, good friends. They were on an episode before. Both of them were on episodes in the past a while ago. Uh, but yeah, I think the length of the past map is, also, is good. If you want something a little bit shorter and a little bit more condensed, you could follow Four Sword Adventures because uh, those have very, very distinct areas um, that are all very condensed and very, you know, held together. Oh, you could uh, you could do Minish Cap and you could shrink to the size of an ant. Yeah, you could. You or, could combine or Minish. You could actually combine the link to the past and Minish Cap ideas they 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 happen in the same like timeline pretty sure so like the lands exist 
Right, right. I mean, I mean, just like the idea of you know shrinking down, also having a dark world and stuff. You could make multiple layers of the same area. Really, I think that's yeah, that's a good way to you know keep the keep the familiarity while also keeping it interesting for your players. Yeah. If it's a horror campaign, you do you do Majora's Mask. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Or you do Wind Waker because there's nothing more horrific than being stuck on a boat for uh. three months. <laughs> D&D campaigns take a while. <laughs> Gosh, a don't lot. go on the boat. Yeah, don't go on the boat. Yeah. You're just your 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 fighter's just gonna drown, and you're gonna be like, oh well, now we don't have any killing power. Are you gonna get sucked into a cyclone and end up where you don't want to be? Yeah, back on the boat. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Um. But yeah, that's that's our suggestion. Uh, Michael asks. Hey, Zelda, former podcast. My question this week is, what would you what would sell you on the Pokemon Go game? I think it'd be one of the best mobile games ever. Thank you, Michael, uh, for your um, 3DS port. <laughs> Michael, if uh, <laughs> you know what would sell me on it, if it were real, wow. uh, that's oh. what, like the advertisements. But it's yeah, not. the it's advertisements be... are very, very misleading. I mean, Pokemon tends to have very flamboyant advertisements, but the fact is they didn't show enough of the game to really. They didn't have enough Dylan Cole Sprouse. That's that that that's what didn't do it for me. You didn't have Dylan and Cole Sprouse walking on the beach say, I'm playing Pokemon Red Dark Gold version and I'm playing Pokemon Silver version with their Pokewalkers. Yeah. That's if they would have had that, I would have been Well, sold. they showed like one screenshot of the game and it looked like a really watered down version of a, a like older Pokemon games, and I'm just like, that doesn't look good. <laughs> yeah. If it didn't integrate with microtransactions, it would also sell me on. Oh yeah. The fact that we already know uh, that there's gonna yeah. be microtransactions is very, very, very uncomfortable. If it wasn't a preview to uh, the new Android system, Project NX, yeah. then I would also be happy about it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um. That's just that's just my opinion, Michael. That's that's what would. I'm probably gonna download it anyway. But like, regardless. I mean, I I'm gonna wait till there's like actually information before it's gonna be it up <laughs> or just can't you, can't completely you, shit yeah. on it. But um, it, isn't it gonna be a free yeah. download on your phone with microtransactions? Pretty sure, right? Yeah, but so was Fallout Shelter. So, eh, but Fallout Shelter, Fallout Shelter is a rare example of doing a mobile uh, game right. But see, that's, you know, that's but even exactly then, the it's thing, still though, not. That, it's not very you satisfying. Can apply that to anything. Yeah. Fallout Shelter's tiny tower with the Fallout skin on it. There, yeah, yeah. Well, no, yeah there you go. No, but but P. Uh, Hines, he sold it so well to us. Yeah, it's it's kind of good. It, it's it's kind of great. It's kind of good, but it doesn't really uh, satisfy me at all. Um, does it not? No, no, it really doesn't. Adam, you... It's it's very empty. I would love it if at some point that was somehow relevant to Fallout 4. Like, you, there's a vault on the map dedicated to your version of Fallout Shelter that you could, like, get a code and, like, type it in and throw all your stuff in there. Um, like, at least the layout. Uh, I think that'd you know, be kind of neat. They've been throwing curveballs at us for this last few months, so you never know. Maybe. I yeah. doubt it, but you never know. Maybe. Uh, we'll see. But uh, Pokemon Go, what would sell it for me? Um, make it a game I don't have to play with other people. I don't want to play Pokemon with other people. I mean, I understand it's there's like a trading aspect to it, but there was Crystal Version for a reason. <laughs> I liked Crystal Version a lot. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Sorry for crushing your dreams, Michael. I just wanted to just wanted to let you know what was up about that. Yeah, we're just making assumptions. Anyway, next question. Uh, yeah. uh yeah i mean there's all that's all we can do is because they they haven't really released enough information yet they still made a commercial which seems very strange if you have to travel to certain places in the in the world to get to pokemon get yeah rare pokemon like, oh, I, lo- that, I, I love seeing posts on like, like tumblr they're like 
oh, we need to go to the bottom of the ocean, or oh, it's a typhoon, and you need to go get Lugio. Yeah. It's like, you're just going to die. Like, people are going to die from this, and then they're going to have to pull off the market. So, really, what Nintendo's doing, they're working on population control. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's really like, exactly. whoever suggested this idea, if it really is what I think it is, with like, you know, special events and all that stuff, they're playing a dangerous game, because I feel like people are going to hurt themselves. They shut down Times Square at like 4 a.m. just to film that. Yeah. That they're down. That's a lot that of was money. Great. That is a very expensive thing to do. What? Watch. There's gonna be a a Pokemon murder. A guy's gonna figure out where the rarest Pokemon is, and he's just gonna wait with a gun. And people are gonna be distracted on their phones, and when then they get there, he's just gonna shoot him in the head. Oh yeah. The, the only thing that you're that's gonna go is your body to death. He's not very good pretty at much. he's not very good at one liners, but he's yeah, he, pretty he, good. Yeah, he a gun. I mean, he's playing Pokemon on his phone. While also murdering yeah. people. While also murdering Yeah. It could also just work on a grid system where the phone just requires you to walk one direction however many steps in another direction. That would be that would make sense. Steps, and it'll randomly generate something. That would make sense. Oh, that's no fun. That's no fun. I mean, I that's how Pokemon to, actually I want to have works, to travel to okay. New Zealand to go get, like, Entei. Yeah. You know? I want it to be exciting. I want them to make me want to travel. <laughs> I want to go to Matt's house to find Psyduck. <laughs> Nice. That's that's like oh. my goal, and I'll go to Adam's house to find like, Adam. What's your least favorite Pokemon? Um, uh, Beedrill. All right, I'm gonna go find Pikachu at Adam's house. Sweet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's get into our last fan topic for this week because I know that we're on a limited schedule this time. Uh, just time delays. Sorry about that. Um, out of nowhere. Yeah, just out of nowhere. Uh, Sean from New York asks. We were supposed to cover this last. Hey, week. I know that it. place. <laughs> it's a place where you live. Uh, how would you guys feel if they implemented a buddy system similar to the one in Metal Gear in Zelda U? For example, right before you leave a certain town in the game or an important area, you can pick a character come, come along with Link, like Impa or Zelda. Sean from New York. Thanks so they much. They did. Sean. It was called Hyrule Warriors. Yeah, uh, Hyrule Warriors is pretty it's, well. Um, it's funny that they say this because you know how it, this Metal Gear game is like, oh, it's first real open world Metal Gear game, and they're trying to like say that this Zelda U is going to be like the first real open world Zelda game. Mm-hmm. So it's, I find that kind of funny. Well, imagine um, if, however, uh, imagine if you had like a series of companions, like you had a you had a fairy companion, you had a, a talking object companion and they all had different things or different kinds of advice like one's good at finding you secrets, had a shadow companion one is good at uh just one is good Navi. at combat you know you could you could have like your shadow be an, a companion uh like sort of a peter pan-esque thing and they all have different oh, kinds of advice like that actually be cool like uh the hat like let's say you have like another eslo esque character and he knows a lot about uh you know uh dungeon layouts he knows where to find talking back and sassing yeah. and making funny jokes uh, the the shadow knows where to find secrets in the map. He's like, you know, if you look behind this rock, you might find something interesting. And then you have your Navi, who just tells you about how you're not doing what she wants you to do. Um, I mean, listen. <laughs> honestly, it, I I don't think I would want that just because that seems very not Zelda. However, they're tr- if they want to try new things with this game and they think they got something good, go ahead. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not gonna. You know, dismiss them for that. Right. Um, but don't do it in a way where it's like, like, I actually no, do it in a way where I need to choose different people, like, for certain, like, you know, dungeons and stuff, because that would make the game more interesting. I, I would, less boring, in fact, like, cause then I wouldn't be stuck with one partner the entire time. I actually you know? hope that they stick to the theme of it being a return to the older 
Zelda games, specifically the first one, yeah. and make it just, like, Link on his own. Link on his own is the goal. It's the dream. But if they were to do a partner system, that's how I'd want it. Uh, yeah. I, I, I like the idea of companions. I think that it'd be an interesting twist. Um, but it doesn't necessarily have to take away from the the, the idea of going back to their roots. Um, as long as it's not your sword, your sword's alive, I'm happy. Yeah. And it's talking to you? I don't no, I don't And it has a creepy yeah. it has a creepy robot face. Still it. like it's like humanoid in a way. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> that's that's what? like what I don't like. <laughs> Why are you hitting the side of my head up against these? Because people? I want you to stop talking. <laughs> stop talking. Okay. <laughs> I liked Fi. I didn't. But Adam, you don't like Skyward Sword. I could still appreciate some things about it. You know, it. I haven't played enough of Skyward Sword to say I could really hate the person, but I've I've seen enough where I'm like, that doesn't. Eh, it doesn't change much. Just imagine far. that over and over again. It really it doesn't change at all. Um, yeah. Uh, they need they need a a, a a breath of fresh air is what they need. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, but the one other thing I did want to talk about, uh, switching gears, is the Pokemon butts thing because never before have I seen a company do something that is so amazing and yet so ridiculous, and that's saying a lot considering it's video games <laughs> because it's literally a product line from the Pokemon company based on Pokemon butts. It's not a joke. I don't Look know. at the article below. There's an entire gallery of Pokemon butts. You got Pikachu butt. You got you got uh. Listen, Adam. I don't want to. I don't want to like stop your, your, your fascination of Pokemon butts. But I have some pretty important news. There's a new translated episode of Game Center CX <gasps> right now. By the way, okay, just released. If you if you know the show, if you know me, you know that I like Game Center CX a lot, and you should be watching it with us and emailing us about it or tweeting at us about it because, uh, I I love the chief, and you should too. It's... Just put a link to uh, the website. You know what? Yeah, below. check it down below. By if the you way, haven't that's seen it before. <laughs> uh, two new episodes you... in one week. Can I'm you explain really how to really look at the website for that. a little bit, like briefly, which ones they should be looking at? Because I know there's a little bit confusing for which ones are uh, available in English subtitles. Uh, just go on the website. There's going to be a list of all the episodes of the show, and pretty much each one of those episodes will lead you to a download link where you can download the episode and watch it. Some you can't watch or grayed out because they haven't been translated yet, or they mm-hmm. have been translated and the translation's been lost, so they have to do it again. And some are clickable, but will link you to an Amazon page because they were released on DVD and they, mm-hmm. you know, want you to buy the DVD for those episodes. Yeah. Uh, what like, is a I what like... is an episode that you would recommend, Colin? The episode I recommend watching is Tokimeki Memorial. It's mm-hmm. a dating sim for the PlayStation One, of my one favorites. and it's it is hilarious watching him play. Uh, but I also recommend episodes like Super Mario Land or uh, mm-hmm. Ghosts and Goblins. Yeah. Speaking uh, of things that you Ninja should be Gaiden. watching, Chris, what do you recommend this week? Watch Inside Gaming Daily featuring... You should be watching Inside Gaming. Featuring our special guest, Matthew Danvik. Yeah, watch Matt. Uh, don't watch that. Watch it. Do it. I, watch I, it. Okay. Tweet at maybe, him. Maybe I'm going to tweet at you, Matt. Tweet I'm going to watch it this week. I'm, Please tweet I, at I'm going to tweet at you about how you're such a cutie. It's, uh. it's Monday through Friday most of the time, unless they're out, and or it's just like Phil doing it by himself. No, um, yeah, and it's great, and they talk about all your gaming needs, yeah. all of your all needs, the needs you don't hopefully. get from here. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. That's, that's true. But we're we're complementary yeah. needs. Yeah, exactly. There. Also, this float cell book is the only appealing one because it seems to be the only one that have butt cheeks. <laughs> yeah, how's it gonna be a butt without an anus? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm thinking. 
Yeah. It, it is important. Oh, they have boxers, too. Yeah, Pikachu boxers. <laughs> this is great. What if those are just for kids and you buy them, Adam, and they just rip as soon as you put them on? <laughs> That'd be horrible. That would be really funny. I'd be very disappointed. If you're like, zero stars out of ten, uh, this is not a great purchase. If you're looking to buy this and you're in no, a this, this is ass and not in the good way. Not in the way that I was promised. <laughs> uh, anyway. Oh, there was that Smash Brothers update. Yeah, there was. With, uh, there was new a, maps there was a few and, new and maps. Check them out. New, some new costumes mm-hmm. for the Miis, if you're into that, which you shouldn't be. Um, I don't know. Uh, I guess stages and characters are the only real important news. Mm-hmm. Um, but nothing too special. It was just they like Return of the They did release a Rathalos Mii costume. I, I saw that. I saw a, a few of them, actually. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's cute. So Check it out down below. Be all there. Uh, yeah. Matt, I have a question for you. <laughs> Certainly. So you are, uh, you are a part-time streamer occasionally. Every once in a while. Every, you stream, like, the MOBAs and such with friends. Sometimes, yeah. Okay, so I got a question for you about, uh, this new thing called YouTube Gaming. Uh-huh. What do you think about all that? Because I'm pretty sure your last stream was via YouTube and not Twitch for, like, the first time. Yeah, for, yeah. I mean, well, I just sort of did whatever's like convenient uh and like honestly my obs was still set to youtube gaming so that's what it's <laughs> oh okay. all right um it, it wasn't really as much of a conscious choice though uh since my like twitch channel isn't partnered it gets throttled whereas youtube gaming technically uh is supposed to deliver a better a higher fidelity viewing experience for the audience uh and also i mean i just have way more subscribers on youtube than i do twitch uh, but really, I mean, generally, is in terms of like for the market and how you know how it's affecting it and whatnot. Uh, I like, I think it's a good thing. There's, uh, there's, you know, I don't really like. There was a little while when when YouTube looked like, um, uh, what you call it, uh, not uh, very good. I got, <laughs> yeah, when it when it like when we people were really upset about that and whatnot, and I mean, like the big sort of big mcns were excited mm-hmm. but um like you know from a standpoint of a consumer having these two things split up is just is really just gonna be a bonus for you because they're gonna have to keep on one-upping each other yeah. and keep offering yeah. better services well, finally yeah. twitch moved over to html5 yeah and now twitch, twitch is also yeah. uh, i believe it was this week they announced or not at twitchcon they announced that you can now upload videos to twitch yeah, something. I know. Well, yeah, they're like switching. Uh, they're switching positions. Yeah, they're trying to match uh, positions. Really, point. he's. It's they're trying yeah. to match the features of the other site. Um, but I think that Twitch is still going to be considered the the streaming king. But I think that you're just going to have to try mm-hmm. to. Hopefully, they're going to push and make it more worthwhile for people to move over. I know that uh, Game Grumps does it through their YouTube channel. Uh, it's more. I think it's more that established channels that have a an established YouTube following. This is convenient for them. Because it lets their viewers yeah, like, whenever. Like, this would benefit Machinima yeah. more when they stream, right? Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, I mean, there's a weird, like, conversion rate because, like, channel, depending on, they, you still haven't really found out a good way within YouTube to drive people to your live events. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, there are, like, there are a lot of fans. people, you know, with millions of things. Yeah. Where it's like people have millions of subscribers and it's still, you know, you're it's still really for doing big channels so far. Yeah. Um, 
and even then big channels like they're not getting the craziest well, like it isn't the subscriber rate really mm-hmm. isn't a good predictor yeah, of who's yeah. i know that game grumps does like live streams now and those numbers are closer to 10,000 and they're in the they're uh-huh. in over 2 million at this point which seems like yeah. appallingly low ball com- in comparison right um and that's just because a lot well, of- at least for a marketing yeah. like for ad dollars and marketing mm-hmm. sense a live stream viewer is worth way more than a uh, like a VOD. Well, a, a live stream viewer tends to invest engaged. a little bit more time and energy into viewing because they know that there's a chance of interacting with the person that they're watching. Um, there's more of a connection with the the thing that they're watching, and not to mention it's a live event, and live events tend to be like one time only. Yeah, yeah. Unless well, you does save YouTube the, have the save functions for their videos for live streams? Yeah. It- it automatically, it in fact actually automatically yeah. archives everything okay. and you have it. Because I know like some channels there, don't like, put that up. Yeah. No, it's because, you know. It's well, exclusivity. Like, they yeah, want to like make you come to the thing, which is smart, but at the same time, it'd be good to post clips. Uh, mm-hmm. Like highlights. Not exactly highlights, but like some highlights. Not be like this and more was ha- like, you know. Th- things to bring <laughs> you to to the next stream, so to speak. Say like, here's, here's yeah. a teaser of what amazing stuff was going on during the stream you know like there was a yeah. stream I, i'm just bringing up game rooms that's the one i know the most um because i did few mm-hmm. times just to understand what the whole youtube streaming thing was like uh they had oni and uh from uh, sleepy cabin and uh spaskid Spaskid, and they made uh brian made him eat, try and eat an apple in two bites and it was <laughs> it was hilarious uh there was a twitter trend where people were trying to do the same thing Oni was in pain the entire time, and Brian was just forcing him to do it. And that's not something that you would see unless you were at the stream. <laughs> uh, and now there's like all these the, the Game Grumps fans are like tweeting about it, and the ones that are also Game Grumps fans, probably friends on Twitter and things like that, they're seeing them talk about the stream, like, oh, what's going on? It's like, oh, the, the Game Grumps stream, you know, they did this thing, and it's like, oh my god, I wish I was there. And so it's trying to like drive that traffic. So there's uh, a cleverness to it but i still think that you know it would be good to have something else on the channel just showing people what they're missing out on yeah At definitely i mean it's it's they also uh, like it's a whole parallel site to regular youtube mm-hmm. like gaming yeah, you just put it now gaming it's on there it. i don't like yeah. the layout to be honest it's, it's a little it's a lot it's yeah. just a darker layout really it's it's darker and it's more twitch like it's it's if you yeah. like if you like more gray That's... then you do light gray then I mean I like Twitch cuz it's Twitch and I like YouTube cuz it's mm-hmm. YouTube like they should be themselves and not try to be the other person but I understand that's how you like uh that's how you make uh competition happen right but you know teach their own <laughs> yeah yeah um also I have a follow up for you Matt uh uh-huh. when's your next hop every gaming Oh God, I don't even know. I actually, I had, uh, like, I hung out with Vernon a couple days oh, ago. Oh, tell him I said uh, hi. I mean, I've already. Oh yeah, definitely. Good friend of um, the show. I like I I I've done two, <laughs> wow. so you know I get like I'll every once in a while get like a thing where Vernon's or 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 Jared are like, hey, we're doing a thing, and uh, you know, as much as I do want to like totally like respond, one, I don't want to like hog the opportunities right. you know how I many mean, people have done like three or four already i yeah i, I yeah i mean sure that's so but then the other reason is like you know each time you go on you can't just like 
do what you did before. You have to try and sp- spice and, uh, things up. Yeah, in a way. you have to spice things <laughs> yeah. up exactly. I, get, I got a and challenge I don't, for you. And then I don't really know. I mean, I do like spicy okay. food, but I here's, don't know. If here's I want my to challenge to you. That. I'm issuing this now. Okay. And if you're if you're listening to the podcast and he, he Matt does it again, be sure to watch. You have to sing your next review, or at least add well, a I have me- to, I, you have to sing. While you're, do- I kind of, I kind of sung it uh, my first one <laughs> with the Destiny beta. Was that the yeah, first Destiny one? Beta. Yeah, Destiny beta. I kind of, yeah, because it used uh, okay. like I, I definitely wrote a whole bunch on the the page that you have sort of mm-hmm. like out there in front of you, and I start kind of belaboring the point, and then okay. like, oh wait, no, I gotta get the sooner I get through this, the better. It's How about happen. this? And so I kind of, you just need like, more spice. Speak in haikus. Yeah. Okay. Oh jeez, <laughs> that'll be real tough. Really, real tough keeping the like counting each time. Oh, I mean, man. if you're writing the yeah. review in advance, you could yeah, prepare for it. I'd <laughs> be great. Might be getting out of it a little easier. <laughs> I don't know. I but yeah, Hot Pepper Gaming's great. Those guys are fantastic. Yeah, you can go follow them on Twitter and YouTube. Follow yes. them; they're great. Uh, Vernon's one of my favorite people online. I don't really get to talk oh, to yeah, as much no, as I wish Vernon's I could. Awesome. Uh, He's yeah, no, supremely talented. And he's a sweetheart. Going places. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, I guess uh I guess that's all the time we have for this week. Uh, I know it's a little shorter than what we're used to. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm I'm a, a time a time thief guy. <laughs> it, uh, I apologize. It happens. We're busy people with busy lives. I was almost late to this recording, so <laughs> I mean it was by like a minute or two, but I'm sorry about that. Uh yeah, so I understand. Yeah. Um but yeah, thank you again for those of you who joined us this week uh, and have been joining us for a long time or if this is your first episode, welcome. Uh, if you have any of your own topics, theme song submissions, or anything like that, feel free to send this to us at ZeldaInformerPodcast at gmail.com. Once again, that's ZeldaInformerPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, I've been Adam. That's been Chris. That's been Colin. That's been Matt. Yeah. You can follow all of us on yeah. Twitter and uh, check out links down below for... Subscribe to the Nintendo Kid. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, all of that will be down below. Click, share, like the podcast. Uh, Wish me happy birthday a day after this is posted. Oh, is it? Yeah, it, is, it will be. Yeah. yeah. Happy birthday, Chris. On... Thanks. <laughs> happy birthday, Chris. Yay. Thanks, Matt. Uh, happy day of your birth. <laughs> oh, thank you. I got you, you something Colin. for your birthday, Chris. Did you? Yeah. Is it it's Matt? It's Warp Star. Oh, uh, take care. I got you a thing for your birthday. A one-way ticket to hell. Oh no! Oh, geez. oh no! That sounds almost as podcast bad as over. Pro skater. Podcast five. over. <laughs> Goodbye. Right. Bye. Bye. Bye.